Are you ready to apply God's Word into your everyday life? Welcome to Ancient Mysteries Kingdom Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Rabbi Kurt Landry. Together we will unlock the ancient principles of the Bible that empower your faith and equip you to move into greater levels of kingdom authority. Good to see such a wonderful turnout in the middle of summer. I'm so grateful that I belong to House of David and I have House of David to come to. I'm, I am, you have no idea. I love to be able to come here and be refreshed, have the fellowship the accountability, and most of all, to be able to flow in the prophetic and allow the Holy Spirit to be able to have freedom is just such a gift from the Lord. Tonight, I want to share with you a message. This is the message the Lord gave me on my vacation, and uh, it's when fear puts your trust to the test. That's the season we're in right now. And you know what the fear is? The fear isn't like what Iran's doing or what this group is doing and the fear that I'm speaking to you about is the fear in the inner soul of every man, woman, and child when great change is coming. It is natural in our soul to have anxiety and fear when we have change. That's why moving from one state to another, changing jobs, all those types of things It creates great stress on the soul, but I think a lot of times we don't prepare ourselves for when change is coming into our spiritual lives. So that's that's what this message is about, is about addressing that so that we understand that the Lord is simply right now is asking you to trust Him. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm in the club. Yeah, I can trust Him. Man, my name's in the book. It's time for you to break free. It's time for you to break free from everything that is holding you back and divorce the excuses. And it's my job to help you succeed, and tonight that was be my assignment, is to get you into a place where the Lord can touch you to set you free from the fears that hold you back from walking in that new beginning. So if if you're watching online, you might want to share with somebody and say, you need to hear this word. Or you might want to share it on the archive and send it to someone. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. This is in the Passion Translation. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to give you four steps. Real basic. Do not be pulled in different directions or worry about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life, then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answer known to you through Jesus Christ. Number one, and I'm going to say it three times, Stay on the path that the Lord has chosen for this season. Stay on the path that the Lord has chosen in this season. Stay on the path. Because it says here, don't be pulled in different directions. And don't worry about other things. Don't worry about what other paths other people are on. You stay on your path. Second, it says to pray. And it says be saturated in prayer throughout your day. Pray. Take your day into the courts of heaven before you go out. And so instead of walking out blindly into your day wondering what you're to do, Invest 30 minutes in the morning with the Lord and go into the courts and ask and he'll tell you what you're to do. 
goes on to say, tell him every detail of your life. Be honest with God. The reason it's important to be honest with God, if you have fears and anxieties and doubts and he knows it anyway, you might as well go ahead and verbalize it. And while you're in that room of atonement, before you go into the courts, when you're there, that's the place where you share with him, you know, I'm just not doing too good. I, man, yesterday was awful. This happened. You know, it's not get past all oh, its bad confession. You're talking to your father. And in the process, two things happen. In honesty, it's a form of repentance, and it breaks the curse. But it also takes the wall down to uh, a fear, not reverential, but unhealthy fear of God, because he already knows. And then this way, he knows that he can trust you, that you'll tell him how it is. I'm not happy about this. It made me really mad. Well, he knows you're really mad. So be honest with him. And the reason is, is it creates intimacy. And intimacy with God in this season is going to be very important. And if you have somebody you really love and trust, you can tell them and know they're not going to leave you and say, you know, that was really stupid what you did. I was mad. You should be able to be honest. And it goes on to say that God's wonderful peace will transcend if you take those three things. If you stay on the path, you saturate yourself in prayer, you're honest with your anxieties and your fears and your apprehensions with God, then it says, then your decisions will come from a place of peace. You can't make good decisions from a place of disrest. Disrest gives birth to disrest, strife, and solutions that won't produce spiritual fruit because flesh begat flesh, spirit begat spirit. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you. And He will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with God in whatever you do and He will lead you wherever you go. Number one, you have to trust in the Lord that He chose the path for you. You may be in a difficult season on a difficult path, but this is the path He chose to prepare you for the lessons for the next path that you think you're supposed to be on now. But you're not ready. So trust Him. Look at your neighbor and say, trust the Lord. And it says, he will guide you. He will lead you. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Build a relationship with the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. I know they're triune in Hebrew. I know they're echad. They are three in one. But mentally, it is much easier if you think of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit and you need to say, I am going to have this unique relationship with the Holy Spirit and with Yeshua and with Elohim and with Hashem, with God. And it's easier for us in hum as humans if, if when we interact, we know they're three in one, but relationally it functions better in our culture and in our traditions to be able to know that the Holy Spirit is your guide, your comforter, and, and, and He abides in you, and He wants constant communication. Verse 6 says, in becoming intimate with Him, you need to have a plan this year to increase the intimacy that you have with God and ask the Holy Spirit is saying uniquely, how do, how do you want to increase that to me? John 14, 17. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells within you, will be in you. Develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not for unbelievers. The Holy Spirit is the relationship agent for believers. 
Make a plan to be closer to the Holy Spirit. The narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life. So few even find it. Now, I'm going to prophesy to you, and this may not be to everyone, but it's definitely to House of David and CLM partners. All of you that House of David and CLM are your covering, you're under our covering. What that means when you're under our covering, a covering is not oh, I'm associated with them so I can use their name to get bigger speaking engagements so that I can promote my ministry. What a spiritual covering is, is that you are actually sent into a house, and that means every morning when we pray and every night when we pray, we actually put you under the mantles the Lord has given us. I don't know what you think that's worth, But that's truly what the covering does. The covering verbalizes and mentions you by name as a group and puts you under the covering and protects you from the attacks of the enemy. That's why you see when people get out from under covering, really bad stuff happens because the enemy has legal right to attack them. Now, they have their own covering, but it's not enough for the international attack that's coming against the world at this time. So I'm speaking to you as a group, we have been in a narrow place. We have been in a narrow place for years. And the Lord is telling me tonight, I am taking you out of the narrow place and I'm putting you into the broad place. And you're going to find out why in a minute. You found the narrow place. You've been in the narrow place. You have been constricted. You're one of the few that have found it. But the Lord says, I'm now going to take you out of the narrow place. And so I asked the Lord, and I said, Lord, why are you taking us out of the narrow place? And this is the word he gave me. Thus says the Lord. Remove from your mind all distractions. Remove, thus saith the Lord, remove from your mind all distractions. Well, you can't lose distractions when you're in a narrow place. Because when you're in a narrow place, everything is so pressured that everything is a distraction. Remove from your soul all fear. Well, you can't remove fear from your soul when you're in the narrow and you're in the pressured place because everything is hypersensitive when you're in that narrow place. The Lord says, trust in me and follow me fully. So you're basically, we're basically, we're at John 21. Children, have you caught any fish yet? The Lord says to you and to me, I have gone before you and I have prepared the way. That's why he says you have to stay on the chosen path because the path he's chosen is the path that he's walked on before you and that's where your peace and provision is. So beware that the enemy tries to get you off your path. He says, I am moving out of the narrow place and leading you into my broad pastures. He's doing it tonight if you say yes. This is a major spiritual shift. For most of us, We have become comfortable in the narrow pressure place. I'm reminded of the elephant. It first has to have a chain on his leg with a huge stake in the ground. 
and it will fight and test the chain and the stake. And after it gets familiar with it, all it needs is a small rope and a stick in the ground. And as soon as it feels the least bit of resistance, it stops. And it's very difficult for an, an elephant that has been in that kind of captivity to be let loose. If you remember the movie Born Free with the lion. That was such an emotional movie because to me... What happened to Elsa, the lion, was kind of like being born again. There's a lion that was born, and this family had a beautiful compound for animals, and they get these lion cubs, and the couple couldn't have children, and they were at a place where they were feeling the the lack of that in their lives, and here comes these cute little lion cubs. I mean, they are the cutest, and you know, they're, they're like little stuffed animals, and, and it's great, but they don't stay there long, and the next thing you know, you've got these huge, you know, 200-pound lionesses running through the house. And then the lions start to cause problems with the neighbors, and then they have to make a very hard decision. How do we take these domesticated lions and introduce them back into the wild? And the first time they let them out, the lion doesn't go anywhere. They leave and they come back and in the same spot, didn't catch anything and is sin, sick and thin. And they said, okay, we're going to try it again. And they tried it several times, and one of the times it was just awful because the lion comes back and it got hooked up with some other lions and just got all cut up, and I mean, it was just awful. But praise God, eventually the lion, Elsa, adapts back in and actually finds a mate and has lions herself, and it's a great ending to a story. But I kind of felt like when I received this word that the Lord said, I'm taking you out of the narrow place. I'm taking you out of the domesticated comfort and I'm, I'm, I'm letting you be born free. That's what he's doing tonight. He's setting you free. He's taking the chain off, taking the leash off. And it was better for Elsa to be out where she was created to be. But initially it was a little scary. And that's why the Lord says, when your trust is tested by fear. The Lord's setting you free tonight. And you're going to abound in places that the church doesn't normally abound in. You're going out with the anointing of the lion of the tribe of Judah. The difference is Elsa didn't have the Holy Spirit. You've got the Holy Spirit. You don't have to go out and get beat up. You just have to know that you're off the leash. And you need to know when those opportunities knock that you can say yes. And the Lord says, because I'm taking you out of the narrow place, I'm going to allow you to see your dream come to pass. See, you can't see your dream when you're in the narrow place. It's difficult to see in a narrow place. So many of you have wanted to see. So many of you wanted to hear. So many of you, you feel like your gifts have been restricted. And I'm telling you, you've been set free. He's setting you free. Clear vision is difficult in the narrow place. This is the word of the Lord. This is the thus saith the Lord. This is what he gave me. 
So I'm taking you to a broad pasture, and I'm making you lie down in green pastures, and I will increase your vision and give you supernatural faithfulness so my blessings can abound to you and through you. I will lead you beside the still waters. I will restore your soul. And the Lord says, trust me. Don't make permanent decisions based off temporary circumstances because no storm lasts forever. The Lord's setting you free tonight. This is like graduation. We were faithful on January, I think it was the 5th or the 7th, when we made the decision to rename House of David and, and literally decree that it's House of David, the one new man embassy. And now before the fall feast, we'll have a new parking lot. There's a bunch of other expansions. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you. Isn't it a wonderful thing to be able to put a parking lot in like that and not have to have some major fundraiser? You know why? Because what we teach works. What people don't understand is we've been doing it for 17, 18 years. You can't try biblical finance for a year and then say, oh, this didn't work. That'd be like you going out, getting a seed of a redwood in California, planting it at your house, and then nothing comes up out of the ground, and you say, well, it didn't work. It does work. But you have to follow the Lord biblically for finances, and the reason you have to do it is because you long to have intimacy, and you're going to do it His way. I had a friend and uh, was talking on the phone and they were asking me the question. He said, well, what's all this about alignment? You know, because you and Robert Henderson, you teach alignment, he teaches the courts of heaven. Well, we actually teach both. And I couldn't explain it to him on the phone because I had made a commitment to a three-year-old to have a night swim together. But everything you receive is an inheritance. An inheritance means that someone in your family has passed and paid a price for a lot of things and passes it on to you. And all identity is, and the whole reason for me writing Reclaiming Our Forgotten Heritage is in the spirit it's important that you reflect the family's DNA. You know, it's difficult to accuse this house in the courts from the accuser or the antidecos when you have a house that for 18 years has honored all the Sabbaths, all the feasts, sows first into Jerusalem, then in Judea and Samaria and all ends of the earth. We biblically follow the financial plan of God to the letter and it's difficult to deny us when we put a demand and ask for finance from the family business. We behave like the family. We smell like the family. We look like the family. We have the heart of the family. Our identity is in the family. But what an open door when you go in and the word says you have robbed God and say in which way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings and because of lack of interpretation and teaching I'm not here to debate it, but they don't understand the special offerings of Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. It doesn't really matter because what the Antidecos and what the accuser is saying 
That one, if you're going to give them part of the inheritance, they don't keep, when their father has an event, they don't show up. They don't give when he says to give, and they don't support the way he tells them to support. Why does, why does that one need your inheritance? See, for us as House of David and CLM, my olive tree, that doesn't apply to us. We don't have to even go into the courts and cancel it. He can't bring it up. We've lived like this for 18 years. And, and I don't do it legalistically. And neither do you. I don't even know how we got here. I'd love to say, oh, Pastor Tim and I fasted and, you know, it's not. We just started doing it. I, I don't know how it happened. We just did it. But I can tell you this, praise God, that we did it. Because we're in a season right now where the Lord is going to be transferring large amounts of wealth to fulfill the dreams and the desires of his saints. In James chapter 1, verse 5, this is our prayer tonight. If anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. I have people all the time do this and please, and I'm flattered by it and it's nice, but so many times, especially with new people, they'll come and they say, well, can I make an appointment? If I could just talk to you for about two or three hours, you would be so disappointed. Have you ever wondered how the first believers in Messiah understood their faith? You'll be surprised to find out how the church today has drifted from the ancient Hebraic roots where it was first established. Once we connect to our roots, we can start to walk in the power and authority that God envisioned for His bride. Discover what was lost and how to reclaim it in Rabbi Kurt Landry's book, Reclaiming Our Forgotten Heritage. You can find it at clmmin.com forward slash root. That's clmmin.com forward slash r-o-o-t. Look at your faith through the same lens as Messiah and be transformed. Prophetically, I'd need about five minutes and then you wouldn't like that. Because most of the time, what you're asking me to confirm is something that you know isn't God's highest and best for you. And that's why James said, and remember, this is, this is the half-brother of Jesus, of Yeshua, that didn't know that he was the Son of God until after he saw him in the resurrected state. He was raised with Yeshua. And he says, if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. I think he knows what he's talking about. I think you might want to ask God and not the rabbi. He's way wiser than me. And that's why you need that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because the translator from God is the Holy Ghost. I love this in the, in the Passion. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Now, that's what I'm trying to learn as a pastor. I'm not there yet. But even if I learn it and I do a great job in 20 years, I'm still not going to be very good compared to the Lord and the Holy Spirit. I'm never going to measure up to that. The way the Holy Spirit and the Lord and Jesus interacts with the people is at the highest level of excellence. You need to ask him for wisdom. Now the Lord is giving me a an action step for you tonight 
Because this is a prophetic word. He's going to set you free. And you, all you have to do is say to the Lord, say, Lord, I want to be in the broad place. Because he's already moving us as a ministry. Your covering is going into the broad place. And I'm going to have to make just as much adjustments with just as much anxiety as you. I'm already being asked things, well, would you like to do this? Or could, if we could, do, would you like, and there are things that, frankly, in the flesh is like, I don't think I'm ready for. And as we would say in Oklahoma, way outside my pay grade. But I know it's the Lord. And I have a choice. I could say yes or I could say no, because the Lord won't violate your or my choice. And I'm going to say yes, because I didn't come this far with the Lord. To not finish well. The Lord is activating your dreams. Some of your dreams you've forgotten. Some of them have fallen asleep. Some of them are buried under years of disappointment and hurt. But it doesn't make any difference you're going to be in the broad place and you're going to start hearing and seeing the Lord at a level you have not seen and heard the Lord in your whole life. And I would be careful sharing because it, it's like you're going from the black and white television with the rabbit ears to the latest, whatever these flat screens are, I didn't know cartoon characters had hair in their nose, but the tele, I mean, it is, the high, it was, that was funnier than the, uh, the laugh I got. <laughs> the high def is so, it's unbelievable some of these new televisions. They got 3D and 4D and whoever knows, and that's where we're going, because when you were in the narrow place, you were in the little world of black and white. The voice just of the Lord just got turned up. It will be like you've had earbuds in. And the thing is, you have to have that relationship with the Holy Spirit to be say, Lord, is that really you? And have him say yes and then straight it. And then you have to be honest, as it said earlier in the message, and say, Lord, I mean, it's great, but this scares me. Boy, are you sure, Lord? And the Lord says, I'm sure. And say, well, Lord, take, I repent for doubt and unbelief and take all my fear from me. I'm ready to go. So tonight, I want to share with you, and I want to share with you all online, this is the, what the Lord's given me. And this is a principle that I've learned. If you're going to have a dream activated, whatever it is you need, you need to sow into somebody else's dream. What you make happen for others activates it to happen to you. You need to give away what you need. So I'm going to share with you what I believe is the Lord, and, and it's so timely because I think one of the most concerned things that I'm seeing in the world today is the bold, progressive, attack of anti-Semitism in the world today and the acceleration of it 
and the inability for the current structures in our government to not be able to deal with it hardly at all. And I mean, in my life that I'm not sharing, it's right up in the middle of my face. And it's, it's probably the most dangerous thing that's happening in the United States right now. And it, and it absolutely needs to be taken care of. You know, Netanyahu is really being put on the spot right now. And the news isn't talking about it. But the four congresswomen that are both, that are all anti-Semitic, are wanting to go to Israel to go into the West Bank and to get in amongst the Palestinians and stir up strife and support BDS. So that's one of the biggest challenges for Prime Minister Netanyahu is he doesn't want to let him in the country. And I pray he doesn't let him in. It's not going to be good for the U.S. It actually won't be good for them. It's not good for anybody. It's an awful thing. Things are actually starting to settle down in the West Bank right now. Now, the Gaza is not. The Gaza is getting ready to explode. But I want to share with you a dream. There's a family that we met in Israel, and uh, it's called the, they're called the Patan family. And the grandfather has been in Israel for 50 years. And when he moved to Israel, he moved to Israel with a word from the Lord that he would move into the area of the Negev, in the area where Abraham and Abraham's well in that region. And his goal was to farm, and his ultimate goal was to grow olive trees and to create the finest extra virgin oil so that when the third temple would be restored, that his oil would be the oil that would be used for the anointing oil in the great menorah. What a dream. So the Patan family starts this beautiful farm in the south of Israel in the Negev, three miles from the Gaza Strip. And they have a flower business where they cut flowers. And I don't know if you understand, in Israel, that's a huge business in Europe. And the BDS, the Boycott, uh, Divestments, and Sanctions, literally has put the entire flower business out of business in Israel. They don't import anything from Israel in, in, Israel, in to Europe. And it bankrupt this family's moshav, which, is a, which would be a collective farm. And this family, it's important, they've been there 50 years because possession of this farm, I mean, you have to, it has to be the Lord that has told you to want to be there because all these balloons with the fire and the Qassam rockets and uh, the Gad and all those things that you hear about, they're all going into this farm. And that big fire that we had down there just went right on the edge of the farm. And so we met with them. And they asked us if we could help them. And of course we said yes. But when the Lord gave me this word, I thought, the Lord said, if you'll sow into the dream of Mr. Baton, if you'll sow into his dream of wanting to make oil from his trees for the third temple, the Lord says, I will release an anointing to you for your dream. So I want you to meet the Patan family. I want you to, to watch this video and you can look in the spirit. And, it, and as you're watching this, I want you to pray 
we have 190 trees left in our commitment to him. You can sponsor a tree for $197. We're almost finished. It's not, I know that number seems big, but that's not a lot of trees. We will have filled his, his whole farm and saved the family. But this is a very talented family, healthy family. They can go get jobs. So we're not really saving the family. What we're doing is we're saving the dream. And what a beautiful dream for a religious Jew to say that my olive trees and my oil was chosen to light the great menorah in the third temple. Wow. And to think that your ministry my olive tree saved the farm. Let's watch this video. Hi, I'm Megan Marcelina with My Olive Tree, and today I have the honor of introducing you to the Baton family. The Baton family is someone that we recently met and partnered with for My Olive Tree to sponsor olive trees on their Moshav, their farm, which is located actually just like three miles from Gaza. You'll hear more about that later, but we truly have a heart to support this family. They have become victims of the BDS, which is the Boycott Divestment Sanctions, but I want you to get to know them. I want you to get to hear their heart and learn a little bit more about the land that they love to farm. Shalom to all my partners at My Olive Tree. This is an exciting time. We're actually at the Moshav. That's the Gaza Strip. So we're just a few miles. And uh, this is an area when you hear about the kites, when they send the kites with the fire and things. This is the area and the Qassam rockets, the Gad rockets. This is an area that is targeted by that. As you will soon hear, the Baton family that has been farming since the 1940s, their farm is located in a very strategic area, not only of biblical significance, but also of modern significance as well. This, this area called the Negev, near us is Nachal Grar, it's the place where Abraham go with the sheep, and Isaac and Jacob, we make the desert grow with plants and flowers and everything. You can see if you come more to month, all this area will be green. My parents are religion, and they always wait for the Mashiach, you know? And, and their dream is to make olive oil for the temple. And the, he always dreamed, dream of that, to make this olive oil. Because it's, it's the best olive go to this menorah. And we also love this area, we love the Negev, we love the land, and we want to stay here forever. Let me ask you this, if we had all of this uh, under olive trees, uh, how, ma how many jobs would it provide? Something about six or seven jobs. Six or seven jobs. And you have the water to, for the irrigation yes. systems here. Yes. You have the education. My father is, is export for uh, agriculture. This is our dream to make here a, a plant of olive tree and to make extra virgin olive oil for the temple. In just a few minutes, we've come completely full circle. You've seen the desolate desert soil and you've seen a harvest and what the power of olive trees and the sponsorship process can do. What you didn't get to see today is something they told us off camera and I, I really wish we had a little bit more of their story for you, but what they told us off camera was is that their family um, was growing fresh cut flowers and they were selling them primarily in Europe. But because of the BDS, the boycott divestment sanctions, um, their farm on their Moshav is, is nearly bankrupt. My olive tree wants to make a difference. So we are partnering with the Baton family and we are saying that this dry and arid soil is gonna become an olive grove that has been sponsored by believers just like you and I. Here they are just three miles from the Gaza Strip. They are becoming victims. They even told us that they had one of those balloon bombs land right near their house. But we want to stand with them and we want to partner with them and we want to say in our own way, no more. We are standing with them in friendship and solidarity and we are saying that you are not going to lose the farm, that you are not going to lose the soil that you have fought for and prayed for and believed for. I am asking you to sponsor one tree to make a difference, to leave a legacy for their 24 grandchildren. 
that what they have fought for, what they have believed in, for that soil that has been under their fingernails for how many years since the statehood, that that is not a loss, that they have a new future and that it is not too late to reinvent themselves. And we as believers are gonna support them one tree at a time, one seed at a time. Thank you for considering the lasting impact and the difference that you can make. Thank you for considering your sponsorship today. Thank you for standing with us and making a difference, not only in the IDF and in the land, but in an individual family's life, in the Baton family. Thank you for participating in what we are doing. So the Lord is setting you free. He's putting you into a new land. He's empowering you. When the Lord told us to start planting trees in the Negev, everyone said it could not be done because all the water is under the control of the army. And that is true. So we had the gentleman that works for us, Sam. He went to the commander to the largest base in the Negev. And he said, we want to be able to plant trees in the Negev. And the commander said, no. And then the commander asked Sam and says, why do they want to do this? And Sam opened up his Bible and asked the commander to read out of the book of Amos, chapter 9, verse 11. And it says in Amos 9, verse 11, And on that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and I'll repair its damages, and I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in days of old. He's done that in you, and he's done it in I. He did it in the narrow place. That they may possess the remnant of Edom. Edom, the biblical Edom, is the modern-day Negev. And all the Gentiles, non-Jews, who are called by my name, us, believers, says the Lord, who does this thing. And that's what Sam was telling the commander, is they are fulfilling our scriptures and the mandate from our God. And it goes on to say, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. And the mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. And I will bring back my captive people, and they will rebuild the waste cities, like what you just saw here. This is just outside of Stidot. And I will plant vineyards and drink wine from them, and they shall make gardens, and it actually translates out in the Hebrew, and they shall make oil trees and eat fruit from them. And then Sam told the commander, this verse 15 is why they're doing this. This is an act of solidarity. And I will plant them in their land, and they shall no longer be pulled out. From the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. And when the commander realized that it was an act of solidarity, that Gentile Christians from the United States and the nations wanted to plant a tree to fulfill this scripture as a statement saying, I'm investing this $197 and I'm making a prophetic statement. This land belongs to Israel and it belongs to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. And by us doing this, we're making a statement, you will never be moved from your land. And the commander got it. And thus, here we are 30,000 trees later. Come on, give the Lord a shout. But please hear me. You're being unchained from the narrow place. 
You're being sent out to your promised land. You are going to be in a broad place of vision and revelation in the Lord. He is setting your finances free. He's setting your network skills free. He's been grooming you with your emotional intelligence so that your doubt and unbelief and past fears and shames in the iniquitous structures in your bloodline have been cleansed. He's bringing the ministries to a place where we're not in the wilderness with Moses, but we're with Joshua and we're with Caleb and the Lord is saying he's well able to take this land. We are crossing over tonight. And the Lord says the prophetic act is will you give the Paton family their dream? Will you make a prophetic statement and say, I believe that the Paton family's oil trees will be used for the third temple? Because most of us in this room will see the rebuilding of the third temple. And there will be a great menorah. And I believe God's going to honor this family from the 40s to be there. And we're only 190 trees away. And the Lord is saying to you tonight, activate your dream by protecting his dream. Don't let this Saba die not fulfilling his dream. Don't let people like Congress and Omar and that spirit win. Be active. Be proactive. It's wonderful to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But Jesus said, will you do it unto the least of these, my brethren? They're not asking for charity. They're asking us to be business partners with him. They're asking you. But in order to protect your dream and your new land, what perfect timing tonight to be able to say to the Lord, and for those of you online, there's enough of us online and in this house to plant all 190 trees tonight. Our goal is to have this trees, these trees planted by Rosh Hashanah. And we have them sponsored. We want to be able to go to them at Rosh Hashanah. And Christy and I will probably be over there before then. And I want to be able to go to him face to face and say, we fulfilled what we said we would do the day we came. But this is an opportunity for you. So if you're online, I want you to go to myolivetree.com. It's just myolivetree.com. And when you go to the web page, I want you to select the Baton family. Under the sponsorship tab, it says Baton family or Baton family farm. And I want you to click on that tab. And you can sponsor a tree for $197. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really wish all of you could be there when, when we tell them. We'll, we'll definitely have cameras. I don't know when Christy and I are going, but... We'll wait to tell them when we go, whenever that is. We'll, we'll be there whenever, I don't know. We've got a bunch of stuff up in the air right now. It's all good. But I really like this family. And they do produce incredible oil. So there is a possibility. I mean, they're, they got it going on. That press they have there 
it's really for real. In fact, our army bases that, that harvest the oil have it, the oil pressed at the Bataan farm. So I thought that was, the fact, the oil, the, the, those were our olives that were there from our, um, the main base down there where we filmed that those, they had just harvested them. And, and cause I told the commander, they asked where we were going. I said, well, we're going to the baton. He says, well, that's our oil, our, our olives just left for there. So we get there and we got to see the whole process. And, uh, and I love all of myself personally. I love olive oil and olives the whole, I always have. And, uh, in fact, my biological mother's maiden name is Olivero, which is Hebrew for from the olive tree. So that's interesting. And when Megan was little, we would put olives on each one of her fingers, and she'd like to eat them. You know, that's kind of weird. Some little babies don't like olives. She liked them. And now we have Arabella, who thinks olives are the greatest thing as long as they come with cheese. So, but, uh, so we thank the Lord. Father God, I, I lift up this new season of time, and Lord, I thank you that we are free. I thank you we're in the broad place. And Lord, I ask for grace to walk in the new vision and the new purpose and hearing the Lord's voice. Amen. And Lord, I cast out all anxiety of fear of, of the freedom. Amen. Say, Lord, I'm free. And one of the blessings of doing what we did tonight is an allegorical scripture of revival. It says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed and the mountain shall drip with sweet wine and the hills shall flow uh, with it. And um, you need to know that that revival is released in you now. Say, Lord, I receive that. I receive that never-ending harvest and, and, and uh, sowing and reaping. Say, Lord, I receive it. And I, and I love this part of the scripture. And it says, and I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. And this whole ministry started in the late early 90s and 1989-90s, bringing our Jewish people back from Russia. So this is, these verses is your family, it's your DNA. It's who we are. It's you. You're in the book. Are you hearing me? It's in you. When you go to heaven for your reward, there's going to be all these Jewish people who got saved. And they're going to be thanking you. Because it was your seed. Your fulfilling prophecy. When Jesus sees you, he's going to say, thank you. He has two things in the end times. Will there be faith on the earth? And will they take care of Israel? Will they do it unto the least of these, my brethren? And you're going to be able to say, humbly, I was one of them. I feel bad. I pray for those anti-Semitic ministries. How are you going to stand before the Jewish Messiah and say, how are you going to do that? My gosh. But praise God, we need to pray for them. We, we need to be able to go into the courts and be repairers of the breach. We need to be able to get this replacement theology and this anti-Semitic spirit off the body for the Lord's sake. God bless you. We're going to go out and praise. May the Lord bless you. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to Ancient Mysteries Kingdom Principle Podcast. Like what you heard? Then visit us at kurtlandry.com for free resources that will empower your faith to walk in greater levels of kingdom authority. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Kurt Landry Ministries. See you next week.